0: Acts chapter number two, and we'll begin reading in verse number one. The Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father, I pray this morning that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray that you'll give us that fresh touch and fresh anointing. I pray that we would not say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. But, oh God, I pray that you'd be glorified, your son would be magnified, and the church would be edified. I ask you to save the lost this morning and reclaim the backslid. Lord, I pray that you'll deal with every heart, including my own today. Help us to be sensitive and obedient to the Spirit of God. May we receive a meekness, the engrafted word. Lord, I pray that we'd see no man save Jesus only, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I wanna preach this morning on this subject, on the power of the church, amen? The power of the church. I'm glad this morning that the church has been given the authority and the power of God, amen? I wanna just say on the outset of this message that when you come to the book of Acts, we know that the book of Acts this morning is a transitional book, and what that means is is that we are leaving one phase and stepping into another, and the church is beginning to come on the scene. Now, I would not argue this morning when the church began, some believes it begins in the uh, in the book of John. Some believed it begins in the book of Acts. But I will tell you this: uh, you find the word church. Some believes it was in Matthew chapter sixteen. But I do know this morning that there's no doubt that the church is on the scene in Acts chapter number two, and God put His stamp of approval on the church. Amen. It's God's will that whenever you and I get saved and born again, that we get baptized. Uh, or we're baptized by the Spirit. The Bible says in the body of Christ, the moment of salvation, and the Holy Spirit comes on the inside and indwells the believer, but after that, it is God's will that we follow the Lord in believer's baptism, and we baptize into a local assembly, amen, and brother, you cannot bypass the church, isn't that right? Uh, There's some folks who think that they can have, uh, they can serve God and live for God without the church, but I want to tell you, the Bible said, uh, the husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for. amen and you ought to be a part of the church amen I know we're a part of the universal church and some believe in that and some don't doesn't make no difference to me we know that if we're saved we're in the body of Christ but I'm talking about you ought to be a part of a local New Testament church amen you don't pay tithes to the universal church you pay tithes my friend to the local church amen and you join the local church uh, and you go to the local church and you're faithful to uh, the local church but I want to say this morning that not every local Church has power. Isn't that right? Brother, we're living in a time when churches are dying by the dozen. Amen. And it seems like they're becoming cold and lukewarm, uh, and the churches are changing all around us, uh, but it doesn't have to be that way here. Amen. I want to say this morning uh, nobody likes a dead church. Amen. Uh, Nobody likes a dysfunctional church. uh, And friend, I want to say this morning the church uh, has been given the authority and power uh, to move on and to march on for the honor and the the glory of God. Now, I'm not a charismatic. Somebody say "Man, If you look at that church sign, it says Bible Baptist Church. Amen? And so you're going to hear Baptist doctrine because that's what we are. Amen? We're not ecumenical. We're not charismatic. We're not holding hands with every other denomination. Thank God. Listen, I'm not a Baptist by choice. I'm Baptist by conviction. Amen? Because blood was shed for you and I to have that name on our sign. Amen? And so we are are a Baptist by conviction having said that this morning I want to say the power of the church is not in plans, somebody say amen it's not in plans I, a lot of churches think the more plans you got, everybody's got a new plan for the church nowadays I, I'm going to tell you this is the best plan you'll ever have, amen the power of the church is not in plans the, plan, the power of the church is not in promotion. somebody say amen Ain't nothing wrong with having special days, and we do, and I like special days, amen. I thank God you still have special days, but we know the power of God's not in, in promotions, it's not in plans. Uh, uh, listen, it's not in prosperity. I mean, thank God God's been good to our church. Uh, we're not a rich church, and you know that, uh, but we do pay our bills, amen, and we're able to send out missionaries, and, and we're able to uh, to function, and we thank God for his blessings, for the uh, for the building. We thank God for what he's done, and what he's done. given us and we praise him for that but God's not, the power's not in prosperity, it's not how much money you've got in the bank account it's not how nice the facilities are, I'm telling you there's churches that have way more nicer facilities than what we have but that's not where the power is at, amen it's not in the people neither this morning hey, some people think if they leave the church will fold amen, God will prove that to be untrue every time can I get a witness on that Y'all with me this morning? I'm talking about, the, listen, the power of the church is not in people. And yeah, listen, none of us are so big that God doesn't need us and, or that God needs us. None of us are so big that the church can't function without us, amen? You say, well, if I leave the church, I wonder what would happen. I'll tell you what would happen. The church will just keep going right on, amen? Because she was going on before you got here and before I got here and she'll be going on when we're, when we're gone, amen? Because we're not the ones of this- morning uh, that produce the power in the church. Now I know God uses people and I understand that this morning, but I want to say none of us ought to be some big fire britches. I asked the thing this morning that, listen, that things around here couldn't operate without us. I, I'm telling you, God doesn't need any of us this morning. Isn't that true today? I'm talking about the power of the church. Where is it at this morning? In our text I want you to notice where the power of the church lies this morning. I want you to see, number one, the power of the church is in the uniqueness of the church. The Bible says in verse number one, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. You know this morning, there'll never be another Pentecost. Can I get a witness on that? Just one Pentecost. There'll never be another Pentecost. But I want to say it was a unique time. It was a unique phase in the church and for the church. The the church is coming on the scene here. And the Bible makes this distinction that when the day of Pentecost was was fully come, what that phrase means is, is that this was a specific day on God's calendar. Amen? That just like Calvary was a specific day, just like when Abraham and God made a covenant That was a specific day. Pentecost was a specific day on God's uh, calendar, his prophetic timetable. It was a day when the church uh, has come on the scene now. And when you think about this here, uh, listen, this is the uniqueness of the church. Uh, This is not just any day, but this is Pentecost. Uh, God is putting his stamp of approval on the church. Uh, He's doing something that's sovereign. He's doing something that is different, something that is simple or something that, uh, my friend, is unique. He's stepping out of the, uh, listen, of the day uh, that they were in under the Old Testament. And my friend, Calvary, uh, we thank God for Calvary, but the church age is coming on the scene in chapter two in verse number one, and there is the uniqueness of the church. Yeah. What I mean this morning is, is that whenever an individual or a family gets out from under the umbrella of the church that God put them in, they will get in trouble every time. They're leaving the safety net that God has given them. Do you realize this morning that the best thing, the greatest thing you have going for you outside your family unit is your local New Testament church, amen? Now the church is not perfect and I like to remind us of that because you always got that little squad that likes to go around. I don't think we got nothing like that here, at least I hope we don't. They like to point out everything that's wrong with the church, Amen. amen. They like to talk about the things in the church they don't like, amen. Now listen, I, I'm just gonna preach a while this morning and so I hope you didn't put a roast on high or you're in trouble, amen? But I'm telling you this morning, uh, y'all do know better than that anyway, amen? But I'm telling you, uh, listen, some people, all they can ever do is find out what's wrong with the church uh, and they'll spiritualize it and act like they're just burdened. But you can listen to what they're saying when they never say nothing good about the church or if they say more things that are negative about the church, then they do things that are positive. Uh, listen, friend, they're not for the church, they're against the church, amen? I wanna tell you the church is not perfect, the church is not sinless, but for every one thing you can find wrong with this church, I, I could tell you 10 things that are right with the church, amen, I'm telling you this morning, had it not been for the church, uh, there's no telling where I'd be this morning, there's no telling where you'd be at this morning. I know it took the cross to save us, uh, but it took the church to stabilize us, amen? And the The church keeps us on the right path. The church keeps us in the right direction and the church is unique this morning. The uniqueness of the church It's unique in its growth Amen When you think about that God takes people from all walks of life From all different backgrounds uh, From all different types of personalities uh, And he brings us all together And through the spirit of God He brings unity And we're able to love each other We're able to work together And serve together And grow together Isn't it amazing The church is not just made up of a bunch of rich folks Amen uh, Listen it's not just made up of a bunch of poor folks Neither Amen It's not made up of just a bunch of educated people or just a bunch of uneducated people, but God takes everybody and every personality and together he grows the church. That's unique, isn't it, this morning? And then it's unique in its goals. Amen. I want to say the goal of the church is to spread the gospel. Somebody say, Amen. It's to evangelize. It's to preach the gospel. It's to go out into highways and the hedges and to compel people to come. It's to, get, it's to shine the light in a dark world. Hey, that's the goal of the church. Now, some churches have different goals, don't they? The goal of the church is to give a pure gospel, the goal of the church is that sinners, might see their way and be saved. It's unique in its goals. We're we're to tell a lost and dying world that Jesus is mighty to save this morning. I wanna say it's unique in its goals. It's unique in its glory, amen? We elevate Christ. We elevate the cross. Uh, we talk about uh, the Christ on the cross. Uh, if you look at that cross, uh, uh, there's not a crucifix up there. There's not a man hanging on that cross uh, because we don't worship a dead God. We don't worship a dead Savior, but he's alive, uh, he's well, He's risen, and thank God he's the head of the church. He's the bride of the church. And my friend, we elevate the Christ. We elevate the cross. That's the song of the church. And I want to say this morning, that is our glory this morning. The glory of the church is not the pastor. Somebody say amen. It's not the people this morning. I don't like to go to church and it be about anybody other than Jesus. Somebody say amen. Brother, well, I'm telling you, there's too many personalities uh, that have robbed God of his glory. We're not to make testimonies about us. Uh, we're not to make songs about us. Uh, we're not to make sermons about us. Now, if that cramps your style this morning, it's only because you got the wrong type of glory, amen? And we don't come to see each other. We come to see Christ uh, high and holy and lifted up. Uh, and we want to point each other to Jesus, amen? Uh, some people like to be noticed. They like to be seen. Uh, they like to be the center of attention. But that's not what church is about. It's not about me and it's not about you. It's all about him this morning. Amen. I don't think there's nothing wrong with recognizing our veterans like we did. I don't think there's nothing wrong with with applauding when the young when the young people sing. Sometimes the little kids will we, we'll will clap hands. You know, I don't think there's nothing wrong with giving honor where honor is due. I think y'all to honor the man of God. Y'all to honor his wife. Y'all to honor his family. I'm not talking about not giving honor, but what I'm talking about when it becomes more about personality and it becomes more about flesh than it does God. It is not of God. This morning, I'm saying this morning when you think about that, that's the glory of the church is that we might see Jesus this morning. Then it's unique and it's governing. What I mean by that is a church has to be governed. It is governed by God and it is governed by the godly leadership that has been instituted in the church. What I mean by that, there is God is leading the church, but then there is the pastor, there is the under shepherd. He is not the shepherd, but he is the under shepherd. And then there are those deacons that's been appointed to aid the pastor and to help the man of God, and that's the leadership of the church, and together they pray together, and then they bring things before the church financially, but spiritually they are to pray together, and the deacons are to follow the leadership of the man of God as he follows God, That means he must live a a personal prayer life. He must live a clean life or he will not get orders from heaven. And I'm saying this morning, God has his government in the church, amen. I think when you got a problem, when you need counsel, you need to come talk to the pastor or his wife. Somebody say amen. You don't go to the preacher down the road, amen. Somebody say amen. You don't call some evangelist, amen. And listen, if you're a member of the church, you're not qualified to counsel. Somebody say amen. I'm talking about everybody than the Bible that was qualified to teach. And I know about the women teaching the younger women. I know that you've got godly deacons, but every one of them are appointed by the one that God has appointed. Can I get a witness on that? We don't need something. We don't need no Oprah Winfrey's running around the church. Somebody say Amen. Only nobody to turn around giving counsel out. No doctor feels, Amen. You so well, I have you know I read a few books on psychology. Well, all that does is make you a psycho, Amen. And so you need a little bit more counseling yourself. I'm just telling you this morning. Listen, God gives leadership and wisdom through those He has appointed, Amen. Now I don't know everything this morning. I don't hardly know anything, but I know the one who knows everything. You know what I tell people a lot of time when they ask me about something, I said, well, let me pray about it. You know why I say that? Because I don't have all the answers. Amen. But I know somebody that will give answers and the governing of the church. It's not run by a deacon board. Somebody say amen right there. These deacons would amen back because they feel the same way. It's not run by a deacon board. It's not run by some long-tongued woman. Somebody say amen right there. It's not run, listen, by somebody that's got a fat pocketbook, amen. It's not how the church is governed this morning. I'm talking about their spiritual leadership, spiritual governing of the church. And I'm gonna tell you, any pastor worth his salt this morning knows that that's nothing to gloat in that's nothing to glory in. that is a responsibility that you wear and you feel every day of your life uh, and friend listen it's not some badge that you want to promote or some trophy you want to put before others uh, i tell you what it'll do if you're right with God it'll put you on your knees uh, because you don't want to do the wrong thing amen I'm talking about the governing of the church the uniqueness of that and then it's uniqueness is in our God you know this morning what a mighty God we serve. Amen. Hey, man. I want to say this morning, when you think about that, my brother, I'm telling you how that God puts his blessing on the church. On Wednesday night, I'm telling you, God blew through this place Wednesday night. I mean, the choir got to sing on Jesus Never Fails. The choir has sung that song, I don't know how many times. But for whatever reason, God chose to put his touch on it that, this Wednesday night. I want to tell you something, friend. You talk about God blessing. You talk about God moving. Hey, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for him, we could sing that song every Sunday, and it'd be deader than 4 o'clock. Amen? But the uniqueness of the church is that you never know what God's going to bless. You never know who God's going to bless, and you never know when God's going to bless. Amen? He does what he wants to, when he wants to, how he wants to, with who he wants to, and you and I can't do anything about that. But that's unique. Amen. How we can sing the same song over and over and over Or the preacher might preach from the same text uh, And it'll be different every single time Because of the uniqueness of the church It's God's presence It's God's power The power's in the uniqueness And then the power's in the unity Notice what it said in verse number one That they were all in one accord With one accord in one place Do you see the unity of the church? That's where the power's at. The Bible, Jesus in a house that's divided against itself cannot stand. And I'm here to tell you, friend, you've got to have things in their proper place and proper order. You've got to have the right man of God, amen? I'm telling you, listen, it's gotta be the right pastor in a pulpit. He's gotta be in the will of God. He's gotta be in the word of God. He's gotta have the right motive that pastor does. He can't be greedy of filthy lucre. This cannot be a paycheck to him. It cannot be about personality. It cannot be about him trying to get gain. I promise you, with a Bible in my, King James Bible in my hand, and Jesus in my heart this morning, I'm not here for a paycheck. I'm not here for another benefit. I don't have my hand out of wanting, listen, something else from the church this morning. I'm telling you, listen, if this church couldn't pay me, I'm not going down the road and taking another church that can give me a full-time salary uh, because I'm not about a salary this morning. You say, what are you here? It's the will of God that I'm here. And friend, listen, I want to be here every day that it is the will of God. If it wasn't the will of God for me to be here, I wouldn't care if this church, uh, uh, listen, could pay me $10,000 a week. Listen, you couldn't pay me enough money to stay here if it wasn't the will of God. It wouldn't benefit me and it wouldn't benefit you, amen? But on the other side of that coin, friend, you can't pay me enough money to leave this church, amen? Because in the will of God, I'm gonna stay where God wants me. I'd rather work a job in the will of God as to draw some salary and benefit and have to get up every morning and know I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I'm telling you, the will of God is the place of blessing, amen. amen. So you got to have a right pastor, now, I know everybody loves me. But for those that may not this morning, you're just gonna have to grin it and bear it. That's all I can tell you. You say, well, preacher, you're not my favorite pastor. Well, I'm praying for you. But you know what? That road goes both ways, friend. I'm as stuck with you as you are with me. That's why I just don't, you ever tried to pastor somebody that didn't like you? You know how hard that is? Amen. Hey, man, it was getting quiet right now, ain't it? Praise God, I feel like about, I feel like two hours of preaching in my soul right now. Amen. I'm talking about unity in the church. You got to have the right man, and the wrong man will cause division in the church. The wrong man will put the wrong motive. The wrong man, he won't have the right spirit about him. I want to tell you this morning. I love this church. I love it more today than I've ever loved this church. I know it's God's will. He put me here a long time ago, and I wouldn't change that for nothing. This morning, I've been to a lot of other churches across this country, but not one of them's ever enticed me. I thank God for what He's doing in those places. But somebody when these young people asked me not too long ago, they said, preacher, where's your favorite place to go? Where's the favorite place you've ever been? I said, you really wanna know? They said, yeah. I said, home, yeah, yeah. it's my favorite place. What else?" told you? No better place than home. I got on 10 airplanes this week. 10 different airplanes, slept in four different beds. And I come home and my wife said, are you tired? I said, no, I feel great. She said, You're smoking some good pot. <laughs> now she didn't say that. And I don't smoke pot. That just makes you laugh when I say that. I did hear where, you know, we're in a mess, you know. Michelle Obama, she fought against young people having happy meals and, and hamburgers and McDonald's, and then they legalized marijuana. And I told somebody the out there, I said, you know what they're gonna do to solve all that? They're gonna put marijuana in the happy meals, and it's gonna be a very happy meal. Amen. <laughs> Crazy country we live in. Do you know what? My favorite place on Wednesday nights right here. My favorite place on Sunday morning, Sunday night is right here. You know why? That's where my heart's at this morning. But I thank God for Bible Baptist Church, don't you? I thank God for a place to worship. I thank God for. I've seen what God's done down through the years, and I know it's all God, Amen. I've watched Him bless the church. I've watched Him purge the church. I've watched Him protect the church. I've watched Him take care of me. I'm nobody this morning, but I tell you, there's times that I felt the pressure from hell. I felt the pressure from people. I've seen my back against the wall, and more times said, "Dear God, I can't fix it, but You can." I've watched God come in and step between me and the situation or the problem. You say you think you're special. Oh, no, but I serve a God and I'll do whatever, however, whatever he needs to take care of his church. And brother, he answers prayer. Yeah. Gotta have the right man. You know, one day I'm gonna retire. That's many, many, many years away. And I made my mind up when I retire, brother, lady, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go ahead and give y'all a secret. I'm not gonna come in here unless God said Otherwise. I'm not going to come in here and just shock everybody and say I'm gone unless he said otherwise, and he could. I'm just going to tell everybody at such and such time, at such and such a year from now, two years from now, I'm going to retire. That way everybody's got time to get happy about it. <laughs> Amen. And then when I leave, I'm just going to say this is who I think you all have. And you can say no thank you, preacher. You don't have to call them. You know why pastors don't do that? They're afraid of that black eye that they get. Uh-huh. But I thought about it one day. I thought, you know what? When you pastor, you get a lot of black eyes. Yeah. So rather than leave the biggest decision you're ever going to make after leading all these years and walking away and saying, now y'all do the best you can, you don't have to do what I say because the church will decide what they want to do. But I will seek God and I will tell you who I feel like God would have, and then it's up to you. Now, I know some of y'all are already thinking, I wouldn't do that. I've watched too many day, in the day we're living in, people are not spiritual like they were 30 years ago. Friend. We're living in a day when good men leave good churches and they call some some clown to come in. So, you know what? I'll just take my chances. I'll just give you a, who I feel like God's will. You don't have to call them. And if you don't call them, it doesn't matter to me. But I did my part, Amen. And if it isn't God's will, amen, amen, amen. But if it, you know what? And if it, and if it all falls all to pieces, Brother Terry, I'll, I'll risk everybody in town saying, well, look what Brother Gravely did. I'd rather do that as to live with the other side of it. I'll tell you something this morning. It's important you have the right man. That man don't have to have talent to build but he needs to be the man God put there. I'm talking about then you got to have the right Membership. The pastor sees what other people don't see. A pastor will stand where others will not stand in the church. A pastor will have to say what others will not say. A man of God that will pray, God will show him it takes the right membership. I want to tell you something, God adds to the church and he subtracts. I do not have the mentality that people look better going than they do coming, but I will tell you just the other day in my prayer book, I was writing a letter to the Lord and, and, I, and I, I'm telling you something, with tears falling off my chin, I was reminded of an incident. I wrote about that incident. At the close of that letter, it prompted me to write down names. God said, write down these names. And I wrote down the names of people that are no longer amongst us today. People that would not get right, and so God moved them out. You say, preacher, do you believe God does that? Without a doubt. I wrote down twelve names of people that God removed. You say, how do you know that? Because I asked him, I said, Lord, would you help them to get right? I want them to get right. God, please let them get right. But they are fixing to hinder, they are fixing to split this church. God either let them get right or get them out. So I don't believe that it doesn't matter to me this morning. I wrote them twelve names down the Holy Spirit. I began to look at them names. I'm going to such sorrow. Because every one of their lives are in a wreck today. Some of them's already in the graveyard. Some of them, their homes are wrecked. I wrote their names down. I said to me, I knew what God would do. with want me to pray for those families that are no longer amongst us. I'm telling you, listen, if I, was a, if I was just a member of a church, I would make sure I was right with God. And I would do what, I would get in that church and I'd work in that church and I'd be faithful in that church. You say, preacher, are you just trying to use fear? No, I'm just telling you the Bible, friend. We live in a society, they don't fear the church no more like they used to. They don't fear the man of God no more like they used to. Brother, God put you in a graveyard for going against the church. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't know why I'm preaching that, but I do tell you this. I don't preach things because I know there's a problem. I preach it because I don't want the problem to come up. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, when you raise your head up in a church, you're, you know what you're doing is you're, you're getting outside that safety net. You say, what if it's not right? Pray for your church if it's not right. Pray for, for those who are in leadership. God will straighten the mess out. And I want to say this more, the membership's got to be right. You ought to love the pastor. You ought to love the pastor's wife. You ought to love You ought to love the, the deacons. You ought to love the Sunday school teacher. You ought to love your church. And that means love everybody in the church. Can I get an amen? That's right. That's right, yes. man came to this church one time. I can say it now. It's been many years. I'll never tell who it was. But he came to this church one time. He said, uh, I'd like to start a Saturday night prayer meeting at my house. I said, no, I don't think we're going to do that. He said, well, preacher, I just feel like God led me to do that. He said, now, I know you're busy. You don't have to come. There's a second red flag in my life right there. I said, oh, no. I said, no, you're not going to do that. He said, I can't believe you'd be against prayer. I said, I'm not against prayer. And I'm not against prayer meeting, but I'm against your prayer meeting. All right. Amen. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, sometimes we need to hear preaching like this. He said, Why? He said, I sat down with a man a year ago. I was sitting down with him. He was weeping, been in his church for a number, number of years. Preached for this man several times, and he said to me, He said, I got a family in my church. They're really bringing a lot of families to their house, they're really courting these families, and he said, Things are happening in this. And he said, I don't know what to do about it. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do about it. Said, stop it immediately. I'd put the brakes on that thing so fast. He said, I don't know. I so, said, well, you're older than I am. Today, I'm talking about a church that ran more than this church. And today, there's less than 50 people in that church. I'm gonna tell you, your pastor sees what others don't see. I don't know everything, but I've saw enough in the last year going across this country the church scares me to death. And there's no problems this morning but I, that I know of. But I'm preaching to you these, this message because I don't want these things here. Brother, I want to just have a place to worship God, a place to bring my family, don't you? I want a place where we just have liberty. But you've got to have the right. Not everybody that comes in is supposed to join this church. Amen. I'm going to tell you, one man come in this church, he split three churches. And Brother David Dexter knows who I'm talking about. He said, how do you know? Because he came here and Brother Dexter just told him, he said, if you don't live right and straighten up here, said, they'll put you out around here. You know what he did? That's what he told me. Brother David, I still want you to sign my Bible for that, amen. <laughs> he said, they ain't going to put up that junk around here. He knew it. Am tell him the truth? You know what? He didn't come back. You know what? I didn't go after him. <laughs> Brother, we're living in that day. You ought to value the place you have to worship God. Be gone in less than 30 days, you know that talking about the right meetings. Amen, Spirit of God. Well, we need God's presence. We need to have the right meetings in the church, don't we? I like it. I like I like the presence of God. I like singing. I like preaching. I like testifying. Wednesday night, there was no need to preach. The presence of God was real. And I'm telling you, listen, it just flowed from breast to breast and people testified and everybody got helped and God got the glory and that was wonderful. Came to church this morning, I felt such an overwhelming burden to preach and, and God laid this message on my heart and said, I want you to pray. I didn't even go looking for this sermon. Got up this morning, wasn't thinking about Acts chapter 2 got up this morning, I telling you listen drink a cup of coffee and while I was sitting in the kitchen the Holy Ghost said hey, uh, write this down, uh, write this sermon down uh, this is what I want you to preach this morning, you never know what God's going to do around here, you never know how he's going to order a service, uh, I mean sometimes we shout, sometimes it's quiet sometimes we get in the altar sometimes we run the aisles, uh, we just never know, uh, but you got to have the right kind of meeting, amen, amen. Some people would go to church and all they ever want, singing. Some people go to church and all they ever want preaching. Some people go to church and all they ever want is testify. Some people go to church and all they ever want none of that, Amen? But I want to tell you this morning, it takes every bit of it working together. Do you hear what I've said? Some people come; they don't want any of that. Amen. They don't care about the singing. They don't care about the preaching. They don't care about the testifying. They just want to get out. Amen. We didn't come to get out. We come to get in. I know it's twelve o'clock, but guess what? It's only eleven o'clock in Alabama. It's only ten o'clock in Montana, and I still got some preaching in me this morning. I'm just simply telling you today. I don't like to drag a service to death. I'm telling you, let's get in here, let's worship God, and then let's go. house, amen, but when he shows up and when he starts moving, you do this right here and you just go ahead and you just worship God and you let God have his way, amen you gotta have the right kind of meetings I used to work a public job and went to a church and I'm telling you, listen, I went to this church for 10 months, Brother Black knows the church I'm talking about, man on Sunday night you never got out till three hours later I dreaded Sunday nights I know y'all are more spiritual than I am. But I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning. And I thought, man, we're gonna be here. And it's one, it's one thing if God's a move. But just to stay here, just to be staying here. Man, I don't like for a preacher to get up and just talk and talk. I mean, if you're gonna preach, preach. Somebody say Amen. amen and get with it when you preach, amen. Don't take forever. I mean, if God gets in it, I'm taking a long time this morning because I feel a whole lot of liberty, amen. But I'm telling you, listen, don't drag it to death. I mean, don't get up here and mealy-mally around and talk forevermore. I mean, I just soon go to the house and eat chicken. Somebody say, man, i just sit here. I mean, listen, I think church ought to, be, we ought to redeem the time, make the most of it. And when God shows up, let's not go home. But listen, if he ain't doing the unusual, let's just stick with a plan. Let's just stick with a program. You know why? Because singing works, uh, preaching works, uh, uh, listen, testify, it all works, amen. amen. I'm talking about this morning the right meetings, the right ministries. Not every ministry is a local church ministry. The right mandate, the right motives. I want to say this morning, how's your motive? You ought to, your motive ought to be right when you come to church, isn't that right? Whether when you come to church, you ought to have the right spirit, the right attitude. When we come to church, we ought to keep, we ought to do a, we ought to do an evaluation. We ought to check our spirit, evaluate our heart, evaluate our life. I'm talking about me as much as anybody this morning. I don't want to come to church with a foul spirit. And don't say, well, I'll stay at home because I got a foul spirit. No, then your back slid on top of that. Amen. I'm talking about get your heart right, come to church, come in happy, amen, don't come in mad, you say, well, I'm mad at so and so, well, you're worse shape than they are, you're not right with God, if you're sitting around stewing in the house of God over something that ain't, you're gonna be ashamed of at the judgment seat, I mean, you just need to let it go, friend, amen, you just need to get right with God, if you call yourself a Christian, Christians are forgiving, amen, Christians get over things, and just sit around mad about something just means that all that's wrong with you is you're not trusting the grace that God would give you to get over it and go on. Amen. You know, in case somebody is mad this morning, let me tell you something that'll help you. Remember how you've wronged things in people. And then be thankful that they had a better spirit and was a better Christian than you are to forgive you and go on. But I've seen people in this church Let's let's narrow it down to where we're at this morning. 21 years, I've seen people in this church who wouldn't go across the aisle and shake somebody's hand and speak to them. Well, now we're down to where the rubber meets the road. Friend, if that's you, you need to get right with God this morning. And listen, I don't care if you could shout your socks off this morning. I doubt your shout. If you can say you love God so much, you're full of heaven, but you can't love your brother whom you have seen. I doubt the Bible says you can't love God whom you've not seen. Isn't that amazing? Brother, I've seen people getting mad and stewed. I might as well just really plow deep because I know I'm hitting some tater patches right now. I'm telling you, friend, hey, something wrong when you can sit around and you got a bad spirit about somebody. You say, well, you don't know what they've done to me. It's not about what they've done to you. It's how you're treating them, amen. If you're the Christian you say you are, you ought to be able to get past it, amen. It's not about how others, it's their actions, it's about my reaction. It's about the spirit that I have. I'm talking about, friend, listen, I wouldn't sit in church and say, to you. Life's too short. How would you like to die today and go to the judgment seat and stand before God and have to give an account of, of doing that this morning? Talking about you gotta have the right mind, the uniqueness, the unity. And then let me say this, the unction of the church. You know where the unction of the church is at this morning? It's in the precepts. The word of God. Brother, preaching the Bible is what gets the job done. I don't want to tell you anything that's not in this book this morning. You didn't come to hear my ideas or my opinions or my thoughts. You come to hear what God said in this book. Bible preaching will bless you and it'll blister you, amen? We've all been there. Bible preaching, it'll convince and it'll convict, but it'll also convert if you'll let it. Someday, listen, if anything I've said this morning, if it bothers you, then listen, you can just take it right back to the word of God. The reason it bothers you is because you're guilty this morning. It bothers you because that book has got underneath that flesh and it's irritating that flesh. I've been there, friend. I'm gonna tell you, you'd be better off to go this way and do business down here. as to go out there and not do business this morning. I'm talking about Hey, where's the power? It's in the, my friend, the unction of the church. It comes through preaching. You can't have a church that's filled with the power of God where there is no Bible preaching, amen. I love teaching, but teaching don't build a church. Preaching does. We're living in a time when people are so fascinated with teaching, and I like good teaching. Brother, I do to tell you something. What's kept me in the right way all these years is the women of God would just preach the Bible. Preach what the, the precepts brings the power. Prayer brings the power. Do you pray this morning? A praying church is a powerful church. Brother, we ought to pray. We ought to pray for everything in this church. We ought to pray for the pastor, his wife, his family. We ought to pray for the deacons. We ought to pray for the Sunday school teacher. We ought to pray for the musicians, the choir leader. We ought to pray this morning for the membership. We ought to pray for the functions and the fellowships of the church. We ought to pray this morning for everything that takes place in the house of God. Everything that takes place ought to be through the church, ought to be through the local church. And we ought to pray for that and pray for God's power and pray for God's touch. I'm talking about this morning, the 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 unction of the church is when a church prays. If a church doesn't pray, there'll be no power, amen? if the church doesn't preach the Bible there'll be no power and then what about this there's unction in praise now this morning do not let the fact that it's 10 minutes or it's 8 minutes after 12 knock the shout out of you this morning yeah. brother if we're not careful we'll let our services be like 747s we'll take off a runway being in that service we'll be fired up I mean we'll be like a firecracker starting now, or a stick of dynamite should I say but we'll come to the end of that thing and we'll just start leveling down Never know what God's going to do. How many times is the last five minutes of a service been the best part of the service? And I'm here to tell you this morning, God's worthy to be praised, and God don't, He don't, you don't turn it off at twelve o'clock. Amen. Turn it back on at six o'clock, and back off at six forty-five. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. I'm telling you, it would please God if we stayed all day and blessed His name. Amen. I'm telling you, he's worthy to be lifted up. He's worthy to be exalted. He, he's worthy. Some of you need to praise him past 12 o'clock because you're not going to be back tonight and Wednesday night. So you better get a whole lot in while you're here. Amen. I'm talking about, friend, listen. He's worthy. He's worthy to be lifted up in praise this morning. Isn't he good? Amen. Anything been good to you this morning? I'm talking about you want power, exalt him. You want power, lift his name up. Don't just shout during the singing, but shout during the preaching, amen. Shout during it all, amen. I'm talking about, listen, get in, hallelujah. Some people only get in when it's about them. Some people only shout when, when they're doing the, the singing or they're doing the preaching or they're doing the testifying. There ain't nothing in that, don't you know that? I mean, you ought to get in on all of it, friends. There's unction in praise and then I want to say this, there's unction in purity. Hear me and hear me well if you don't hear anything else I say this morning. I want you to get a hold of this. If a church don't stay clean, the church will have no power. Amen. Brother, you got to have convictions to have a clean church. It's not, I don't like when people say, well, that's your conviction and this is mine. I want to tell you something. If you don't have the conviction I have, then listen, my convictions are Bible convictions. How many of y'all can say that this morning? So if you don't have that conviction, you just don't have a Bible conviction. I want a chapter and verse. And sometimes I have a precept where the Bible says thou shalt not. Sometimes I don't have a precept, but I have a principle. And the principle tells me when the precept is not in black and white, God didn't give us a book with a whole list of things that we just go down through. So we can't do this, can't do this, can't. No, God did tell us some things, but then He gave us principles to live by that teaches us that if we live by that principle and it touches a lot of aspects of life, it tells us how to live. And that ought to be a conviction. A principle should be as much a conviction as a precept. Amen? And then there's preferences. Amen? I want to tell you this morning, there's, there's precepts, there's principles, and there's preferences. But a lot of people have taken principles and said, well, that's just a preference. But it's not true. Amen? If you can find a chapter and a verse that puts that principle there, then God expects us to live by that. I shall set no wicked thing before my eyes. That's a principle, isn't it? I could list you a whole host of things that are wicked. Television's wicked, amen? Cell phone is wicked, amen? A computer is wicked. I mean, God, I'm glad God didn't just say, thou shalt not watch TV. I'll tell you what God did. He gave a principle that will fit today and whatever wicked device they come out with tomorrow, if that principle fits that, then it tells me I'm not supposed to do that. If there's something there that my eyes are not supposed to see, you say, preacher, you got a cell phone, sure I do. But I wanna tell you this morning, I'm gonna live by the principle that I am not Setting, a wicked thing by the grace of God before it my eyes See, man. some places I'm just not going friend cause my flesh can't handle it a church has to be clean and it's. Uh, listen, this morning I want to say this you're in a church that still believes in dressing right, can I get an amen and I, while I'm on the subject let me say this just because you know, God help me here we go Hold on tight, friend. Here we go. I told my wife, I said, what is these things that these women are running around in today that are so skin tight yeah. and they wear a, a t-shirt? Yeah. She said, they're leggings. I said, they're what? And then it made sense to me. That's right, because that's all you see is legs. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. All right, go. I'm going to tell you something. If, it's, if we're in Montana and there's six feet of snow on the ground and you wear leggings, I can understand that. Come on now. We're not in Montana though. You say, are you against leggings? If, if, if you got a dress below your knee, I'm not against leggings. Come on now. I don't care if it hair lips a devil this morning, I'm gonna preach it. Cause it's right. But this thing of wearing leggings and wearing a, a skirt six inches above your kneecaps, The bottom of your knee, not the top. The bottom. Where when you sit down, you got to do this. And you're fighting it. You know what I'm saying? You're fighting it to sit down just so you can hide. Come on now. Not around here, buddy. If a lost person comes in, I don't care. If you're a member of this church, Your dress ought to come to the bottom of your kneecap. Somebody say amen. Neck to the bottom of the knee. And I wouldn't start anything in my kids that I had to stop when they got older. Come on now. Tell you something about abominations in that Bible. They're never done away with. They're never. When God declared something to be an abomination, it is never done away with. Well, for the few that are still listening, Amen. Bless you, brother. So why are you preaching that? Because if I don't, it'll run all over his church. But I'm going to tell you, if you're going to sing in that choir, you need to live right. Somebody say amen. You need to dress right. If you're going to sing in that choir, I'm telling you, friend, listen, we're going to keep it clean around here. Can I get an amen, church? I'm not being a smart aleck. God knows that. But I'll tell you, I've been, I've been in places where I had to stare at the floor. I'm reading my Bible. I'm going to stand on the platform singing and they're about that far above their knee. But they got leggings on. Like that makes it right. And it don't, friend. And when something's so tight, I don't care if it drags the ground. If it's so tight, you can see every curve and you can see everything going on. I'm gonna tell you something. You need to get right with God about that this morning. You say, preacher, why? Because if you don't, we'll never win anybody, Jesus. I'm not going that way this morning. Y'all hear me? I'm not, I'm not going I've done too far, too far down the way. I've raised my kids the way I'm preaching to you this morning. And I'm not backing up if it cost me everything I had. You think I'd be so foolish to back up and one of my kids say, well, Daddy, you raised us that way. I'm telling you, friend, I'm not selling out. I don't care how many preachers sell out. I don't care how many people go that way. They can go that way. But I know what's right this morning. I know God blesses purity. I know it was right 35 years ago and it's still Bible today, friend. Miss Starley, brother Danny probably paid our church, and you probably know what I'm about to say. He paid our church probably the greatest compliment that I've ever heard anybody say. When he joined, when y'all joined his church, we was eating down at Cracker Barrel one day. He called, and said, "You want to go eat some biscuits?" And boy, we did. Amen. That lady brought a. She brought probably I don't know how many biscuits on that plate. We ate every one of them. She said, "Is that good?" Sir, I said, the only problem with this, ma'am, is there's not more. She said, I can fix that. She came back, she brought a big old thing of apple butter. How many of y'all like apple butter? If you're a Christian, you like apple butter. Amen. I used to eat it by the jars. I hadn't eat nothing with it. It's just good. It's not a good idea, I can tell you that. Amen. She brought it, and we were sitting there, and he said, Preacher, he said, You know what I like about Bible Baptist? I said, What? He said, It's not perfect. He said, I'm sure there's things that I don't want to know about. He said, but it's clean. It's clean. Do you realize it is clean? And we get dirty, don't we? You know why we have convictions and standards? Because we want to keep it clean. We got to keep it clean around here. Whether there's 50 or 500, it needs to be clean, don't it? I want to tell you this morning as we stand, your church, this church, I don't ever preach this long. But I felt a burden this morning to preach it. This church is the greatest thing outside your salvation and your home. It's the greatest thing you got going for you. place to worship. A place to come. This morning, I beg you this morning as your pastor, if there's any one thing I'd ask of you this morning to pray, Pray for this church. Pray for the power of God on this church. Amen. I don't want to just come and have services, do you? That's not what it's about. It's not about coming and just having fellowship, and I thank God for that. That's not what it's about. It's about having a place that, that the Holy Spirit works in your life. That you have a little bit of heaven on earth. And he moves in your heart. I don't want to sit in a church, the Barnes, week after week. I don't even want to get in a church and preach and go home the same way I came. I don't want to just have church to you. I want God to move me closer. I want him to stir my heart. I want him to help my family. I want him to show me his will and his way. And I want him to speak to me when I go to church. I want to get in my car and go home like this morning and know that I have been to church. Can you say that this morning? That means more than anything. While Brother David sings,